When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were fortunate to spend some time in the company of Ben Stokes, the England Test Captain. Yes, he was in good form. He was. He even talked a bit of football, as you'll discover. Uh, we spoke to Rose German from the uh, animal care team at Scarborough Sea Life Centre. Not an obvious guest for talk sport, <laughs> but they've named one of the lionesses um, uh, after... Uh, well, no, they've named. They've not named one of the lionesses. They've named, <laughs> That's what I did. It's easy done. Yeah, not at a sea life I couldn't work it out. an aquatic lion. Um, they've named one of the octopuses after one of the lionesses. I know, it, it, sorry. And Jarlath Regan joined us, comedian yeah. and Liverpool fan. He's still got his own name. He definitely has. Yeah. So we had a bit of a chat. Andy railed against stuff. Andy couldn't remember someone's name who he knows quite well. And that's basically it. Here it all is. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Let's start with a non-sports story. Non-sports story. Non-sports story. I like a non-sports story. Talk stort. Talk stort. Yes. Because I know you love Lauren Hardy. They're your comedy idols. Love them, yeah, yeah. Not me, but them, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, the day you're as funny as they are... Never gonna You'll happen. be my idol. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, but they you may have seen this story that a pair of life-size Lauren Hardy statues have been mm. found by cops a year after they were stolen. They're six-foot fiberglass Stan and Ollie models. But what got me was that the uh, the woman who, who owned them said, we're overwhelmed to have them back. When I got a call from a PC to say she was standing with them uh, and asked me for a description... <laughs> What are you talking about? Well, there's a fat one with a moustache, <laughs> and there's a thin one without a moustache. They've they're, got old suits on and bowler hats. <laughs> the trouble is, to get it back to the lady's house, she lives at the top of this massive flight of stairs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they put them in a crate, and the two guys had to deliver them. I mean, I don't know if anybody filmed it, but it was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Could win an Oscar. It was really, Excellent. Really good. And uh, bad news for Everton fans, uh, Calvert-Lewin is injured. Uh, he got injured in training, and Rondon is suspended. So uh, when they play Chelsea on Saturday. Neither side have got any strikers. Yeah, it's two false nines. It'd be very <laughs> exciting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Marvellous. Timo Werner looks like he's going back to Leipzig. Certainly, if you're prepared to drive him back to the airport, aren't you? That's oh, the yeah. Plan. You're definitely prepared to do that. I'd rather see him go back to Germany. I don't really want to go to another English team and be... You don't want to make lots case, of goals. Casey successful. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Seems yeah, unlikely, yeah. though, doesn't it? And uh, now Barcelona are tapping up Bernardo Silva. 
Hmm. Honestly, it's ridiculous. They'd have to sell the TV rights for the 2085 season. Yeah. And UEFA are going to do anything about this. They're just going to let them do this. It's, it's so poor. It is feeling a little bit springtime for Hitler, all of this. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> what they're they, doing. Somebody published a list of the wages. I mean, hmm. every player's on like 250,000 plus practically. What? Can they sustain this? It's not possible. Well, they're finding a way. Just yeah. every time we say how they're doing this, someone comes out with a very long piece online explaining how they're doing well, it. Well, we know how they're doing it. You know, they're selling they're the more, family silver. That's how they're doing they're it. Mortgaging the future. Yeah, aren't that's they? exactly what they're, they're doing. Totally doing that. But um, West Ham, a couple of new players could be coming in. Corne could be done today. You did very well at Burnley. I've been surprised. Yeah, that not more clubs have been. Willing to take him And he's on. versatile, and he's, yeah. he's got goals in him. I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, he's um, a good fit for West Ham. Amadou Anana as well from uh, Lille. Uh, he's a big unit, as they Six foot five. He's very moist, isn't he? Six like foot five unit. midfielder. But the thing is, you know, they obviously think that, I think Declan Rice will go at the end of the season, unless West Ham have an absolutely brilliant season and end up in the top four and are in the Champions League, I would imagine that he would leave next summer, but we'll see. Maybe yeah. he'll stay there forever. Who knows? Well, he's 20 years old and uh, yeah, yeah. 33 million plus add-ons is the deal they're saying. They hope it gets done. I was reading the other day that there were some concerns over getting it done because of the size of Anana's entourage. I didn't know. It's great that Amadou and Anna's got a massive entourage. Well, it's very nice. They all have. Yeah, they've all. Got, I think they all have. Really, yeah. everybody. I've got who, an entourage now. Have you got? Have you got an entourage? Yeah. Who, who are they? My wife. I don't have an entourage. But, I mean, it'd be quite it, nice. Would you like to be in an entourage? No, I'd rather have a, an entourage. If they made a sitcom, for example, about being in an entourage. <laughs> I wonder what they'd call it. Yeah, but, I can't um, imagine. Talk sport listener, have you, have you ever had an entourage or been in an entourage? I've had, um, I've had road rage. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you have. So um, let us know. I'm, we're guessing the answer is no. We're not expecting this yeah. one to fly. But uh, anyway, just, uh, just I mean, what, what constitutes it? How many mm. people constitute an entourage? If you go with one person, it's just your mate. We, you go with two It's got to be about five, I'd two say. people an entourage? No, five. Okay. There's no rules, though. It really depends on the amount of seats on the private plane. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's normally a member of the family. It's normally at least one member of the family, yeah. like a, a brother. There's normally a brother there um, who's hurriedly done a business studies course because he realised he's going to be the agent of a multi-millionaire. <laughs> and um, then yeah. they'll be just then they'll just be mates. Won't yeah, the they? mates. Then they'll be the agent and then the assistant yeah, you agent. Don't want that, really. The agent's no, agent's it's not agent. Ideal. All sitting there grinning on a private plane. That's that's your entourage. Um, we well, kind of throw a wild card in. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Just some some odd character, <laughs> possibly someone you don't know but looks good, or someone who just looks interesting. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's Mick not... Harford's mate who comes to look to the bumpers. <laughs> that's mixed. That's mix entourage. That's right. <laughs> that's true. And uh, I'm fascinated by the Rebecca Vardy thing. She's all over all the media outlets today. Mm, she yeah. should be a case study in in for media students on how to maximise a story. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. All this stuff leading up to it. Then afterwards, and now then, following the verdict, we've got this, and it's, yeah. you know, yeah, I do. I, I would say I feel for her, but I, I don't really. I mean, it's just. Uh, she says she feels let down by the legal system. You mm. think, well, why don't you just blame everyone else? <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? It's fantastic. There's a lot of that going on, really. Yeah. So you know, I can't imagine Jamie's too happy about all this. Can't be great publicity. Yeah. And, you know, she said she didn't have a choice. And you think, well, she did, didn't she? She mm. didn't have a choice. She could have just basically she she, settled it. She and thought not... she'd been besmirched and she had to clear her name, but it, know, didn't, but it didn't particularly work out that you know, way. No, a couple didn't. of things to get going on today. Um, Aaron Ramsdale in the paper today. All or nothing uh, has come out, and a lot of the Arsenal boys have been chatting. And um, mm. he's talking about his dad. 
and um, he said, my dad still watches me, uh, of course. He said, he tells me week in, week out to stop passing it into midfield. As, you, as uh, I'm going to give him a heart attack. I just say, we're well, going to have to speak to Mikel about that. Uh, and as he has the manager's number from when I signed, he says, OK, I will. Oh, no, don't do that. So uh, then I have to stop him from going ahead and doing it, uh, says uh, Aaron Ramsdale. But sometimes your parents do get involved, don't they? That's Not right. just in the world of sport. Don't, Dad, don't get involved, Dad. Don't get involved, Mum. We'd like some of those don't get involved Dad or Mum stories. Maybe you're the Dad or Mum in question. Uh, with hindsight, you shouldn't have done it. What did you get involved in? Or indeed, what about your folks getting involved back in the day? And of course, talking of all or nothing, the, the clip of um, the, the guys playing in you'll never walk alone for an Arsenal training session ahead of the Liverpool game mm. has had a lot of traction to be fair to Mikel Arteta if you watch the whole clip he says goes up one of the other coaches and says I've had one of my mad ideas yeah. so it's not like he's, he's not kind of you know he, he admits it's a bit out there he it's a did, bit left look, field he did well last season he yeah. got you know he could so easily they could have got rid of him they made a terrible start he didn't have a brilliant finish either you know but all in all I think they finished well above where people thought they would well, let's have uh, a mad managerial idea that you, you inflicted on your team or, or indeed was inflicted on you, whether it's in business, sport, whatever. It doesn't have to be football, mm. could be anything. Let's have the mad managerial ideas that your gaffer came up with. Plus, as we said, don't get involved, mum or dad. Talksport.com forward slash H&J. You can text to 8 and 89 and you can tweet to TSH&J. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Gongs being handed out to uh, to the players. We've had uh, Lucy Bronze's Domino's Pizza, haven't we? Oh, yeah, it's called Lucy's now. Yeah. That's right. And now we've got an octopus called Beth Mead. Oh, somehow I think it should have been the keeper, though. Well, being an Mary Ups, yeah, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? Well, let's find out. Um, let's go ahead uh, to Scarborough Sea Life Centre, where they've they've named the octopus Beth Mead. And from the animal care team, must have been difficult for at the weekend, Rose German joins us. Uh, Hello. Good afternoon. Hello. Good afternoon, Rose. I'm sure that's not the first time you've heard that. <laughs> no, it's not that. <laughs> so, um, why? Yeah, so there we are. We were, we were thinking it might have been the goalkeeper as an octopus after the, the brilliant tournament she had, but why Beth Mead? She is a local us. We're oh, all so proud oh. of her. She lives down the road. We have lots of naming themes for animals. Our penguins are named after um, cartoons. Um, but we were struggling to think of a name for our new octopus. And then Beth Mead, you know, football, it's come home. How could we not? Yeah. Is it a female octopus? Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. female. I don't know and how you can tell. And she's football mad as well. How can you yeah, one of their appendages. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. That's often the way. That'll be the reason. They yeah. Don't, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> again, how can you tell? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, is, is Beth aware of this honour? Are you hoping she'll pop down to the Sea Life Centre when, when she's got five minutes and say hello to... Oh, it'd be awesome. We're all so, so excited if she does. It'd be great. But for the minute, our octopus is loving it. She's got a little trophy. You know, she's celebrating, you know, the lioness's win. I've seen the sure. picture. She's holding, holding a, <laughs> in one of... Uh, yeah, she's holding a George Cross isn't she as well yeah, yeah. She's holding, she's, she could hold uh, as she's many got as she like likes. a little mini World Cup um, Euros trophy almost oh yeah, very yeah nice. in one of them yeah how and old, she won't give it up how old, how old is this, is Beth Mead the octopus oh she's about year old year and a half possibly Okay. You can put her in an England shirt. You need eight pairs. It would be quite, <laughs> would be quite difficult <laughs> to put an England shirt on. That's right. Just the body. Try. We need some modification there. <laughs> yeah. She's had a flag. What's, uh, how long do they live for, octopus um, octopi? It depends on the species. It can be about three years up to five with some of the larger species. 
Oh, she'll yeah. be all right for yeah. the World Cup next year. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, she's not going to miss that one. <laughs> yeah, so we've we got a bit of time. Have, you, have you got any other animals or sports... I'm going to put this the right way. Sports stars, animals named after sports stars. I couldn't get that right. Was not at the moment, but oh, it might become yeah. a theme if we start winning more uh, more trophies yeah. and matches. Yeah. And normally uh, animals that are named after uh, sports people have to predict results. So was that going on with... Uh, when did Beth? When did she officially become Beth Mead, the octopus? When we won, when oh, we won, we're holding it. Yeah, she, glory her, we, hunting we've tried, octopus. <laughs> we've um, tried it with predictions before, and it's not worked out. So, um, no. mm. but we, she's a football fanatic. We, they're such intelligent creatures. So we put loads of toys in the tanks. One of them was a football. And uh, yeah, she just would not give it up. She's had it down in the tank, playing around with it. She's um, got good skills. So, yeah, just won't give the ball well, up. Yeah. I never knew that. My son yeah. being greedy. <laughs> it's a team <laughs> game. Yeah, nobody, nobody's told Beth Mead. Who knew? Yeah, that's right. She has, she has a play with the, with the keepers and that when we'll go in and we'll um we'll have you know one aside matches. It's, a, it's, it's a great little promo, oh, this yeah. sort of thing, isn't it? Because normally when you get a predictive animal, you know, and they get you know sea lions or octopuses predicting yeah. scores, it is good for places like yours. So here we are chatting about it on um, national radio. Maybe people didn't know. The Scarborough Sea Life Centre existed. They should have done, but if they didn't, they certainly do now. They definitely do now, yeah. <laughs> That's good. And presumably this time of year is your busiest time, isn't it? Yeah, summer holidays were yeah, packed, sure. especially on a rainy, dingy day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've not yeah. We've had too many of those. Actually, a few more no, in the north. No. But uh, yeah. What are the delights then? Of, uh, t- tell us more about the Scarborough. We, what else can we come oh, and see? We've got loads and loads of things. We've got our four resident seals, but we also have rescue seal pups in that we look after. We've got 24 Humboldt penguins. Oh, nice. Um, We've got a couple of otters, lots of fish, sharks, rays, um, all sorts of delights, reptiles as well. Oh, yeah. Lots of things to see. And Just had a run, see, it, run in with a blue shark down in the West Country. Haven't yeah, we? I heard we, about we, that. We, Interesting. We very rare, yeah. that though, isn't it? Yeah, very, very, very rare. Um, I know the woman. The woman it happened to, things. though, she was so sympathetic to the to the animal. Yeah. I think I haven't, well, I haven't... it's true. We're in their environment, and yeah. it's just just an unfortunate event. And it is, like you say, really rare occurrence. I don't think I'd have been um, that generous. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm horrible. But... <laughs> You're not going to go back out with Quint in the boat, are you? That wouldn't have been fair. Need would a bigger it boat. That wouldn't have been fair. I so, think a penguin called Serena Vigman has got to be on the cards, isn't it? A penguin? Oh, possibly. Penguin, yeah. Possibly. We normally go for uh, cartoons and that with our penguins. So oh, we've had like okay. custard, rhubarb, some of the octonauts for the little children's, uh-huh. um, all sorts of things with those guys. Penelope Pit Stop. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That'll have to be explained to the young kids. Yeah. Penelope Pit. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, look, um, let's do, we do hope uh, Beth is listening today or her people. I'm taking, she's got people now. So yeah. and maybe they can come along. They can organise a trip. For, for Beth Definitely. to meet her, her she's, she's currently got a football in there. She's, she won't give up that trophy. She's taken that home for sure. It's in a little home. Um, she won't give it up. We've had the grabbers in trying to pull it away. Nope. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Football's in there. That's the flag good. she keeps having a go with. That's yeah, amazing. She's waving it about. You've got four different types of jellyfish, I see, which is nice. Yes. I was yeah, reading this week. The people bread make... on site as well. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. People are making crisps out of jellyfish now. Oh, that's... <laughs> that's... <laughs> Do you know that's... Yeah, there's no need for <laughs> that, Andy. I've never had <laughs> 
<laughs> no, really? They're making crisps out of jellyfish. Yeah, apparently. Okay. Well, I don't. I can't really see Rose being particularly sympathetic to <laughs> no, that. No, obviously you know, not. Just, not because I've mean, um, read into that one. No. no. Yeah, I mean, how do you make crisps out of a jellyfish, <laughs> no, Andy? Did you read any more of the story? I, uh, slices, I think, but I've no idea. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll do I'd a imagine they're deep fried. I hope they can't hear us. You're nowhere near the jellyfish tank, are you? No, right, no, that, no, stayed away from them. They're all right. Yeah, I that's good. Be, uh, good to hear. Well, yeah, lovely in the tank if they did. <laughs> <laughs> lovely to talk to you, Rose. Thanks very much yeah, for joining good. us. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. Rose Jimmon there from uh, the animal care team at the Scarborough Sea Life Centre, where Beth Mead awaits the visit of Beth Mead. Yeah. So they can shake hands. <laughs> Six times because technically two are legs. I understand oh, okay. on the opus. two yeah. legs on an octopus, eight six arms. Yeah, good photo there, wouldn't it? It would be great, wouldn't it? Mm. Just have to get some of the other players, draft other players in. Her entourage can do it, which brings <laughs> us back to where this hour kicked off. Beth's entourage. They've all got to have an entourage. Of course they have, yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, Jennifer Reagan, we spoke to on the show before about his excellent podcast, "An Irishman Abroad," mm. where he speaks to uh, many sort of expat Irish people. Uh, tell their stories. It's fascinating. It's been very, very popular over the years, very successful. Mm. The problem is, Giles moved back to Ireland last week. We call it Irishman at home. Well, that's the easy way out. Let's find out. He's being Liverpool fan. We'll talk Liverpool in a moment. But, Giles, good afternoon. How are you doing, boys? Good. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. when you thought about going home, you probably thought, OK, am I going to square this particular circle? <laughs> well, I guess it is big part of the Irish journey abroad is mm. coming home or talking about coming home. That's what most Irish people do is talk about going back to the old country eventually and then they never actually do it. But there is an exodus of people back to their countries as you've seen over the last six months to 12 months and I guess I'm part of that wave even though lads and you're not going to believe this I always planned on leaving at this time so that my son could go to secondary school in Ireland and the plan was to set up things in such a way that I'd commute back and forth from Dublin like my old friend Craig Doyle does and uh, he assured me it's all good to be uh, less of an Irishman abroad and you can enjoy life over there and here. So the podcast continues. It will indeed. Mm. And, you know, the spin-off of The Irishman running abroad with Sonia O'Sullivan and The Irishman in America means that I'll always be talking to people abroad, the Irish abroad. But uh, I think that we're we're now going to probably reduce some of our output because I won't be abroad as much. <laughs> but it gives us a chance to zero in on a couple of really big guests that I've been kind of chasing for the last nine years. It was our ninth birthday wow. yesterday of the podcast. Wow. Yeah, over 600 plus episodes across nine years, not missed a week in that time. Uh, but yeah, so was, there's a couple uh, There's a couple on the list that I've wanted for a long time, including Daniel Day-Lewis, Martin O'Neill, Roy Keane. Uh, God, who, who else? I mean, the list is so long that we've done that we've definitely whittled it down now to who's left. Right. And yeah. so, uh, yeah. and you're getting closer to those, are you? Yeah. Yes. I mean, mm. it has helped that, you know, you've had people like Bob Geldof and uh, Gabriel Byrne and Terry Wogan, God rest him, mm. on that it made it a bit easier to get bigger names. But really, you've got a it's, a, it's a flooded market now. It's like every man and his dog has a podcast now. When we started out, I remember ringing people like uh, Paul McGrath and them going, oh, I've never done a podcast before. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, the concept has 
it's just taken off, hasn't it? I mean, it seems yeah. like every footballer, every, uh, every everyone who's anyone has one now. So yeah, and the papers love taking stories from them. They'll take yeah. a quote out of it and make it into a story, which helps yeah. the podcast really. It does, it does. I mean, definitely the rules on that have changed over the years. I think they kind of thought it was free content for them to pilfer from, but now aggregation is a whole thing, and I'm happy when they do it. I'm like, just as long as you link the podcast, I'm happy, you know? Mm-hmm. I, um, I, for the first time, I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say, really, because beyond Dublin on, on quite a few occasions, I'd never really been anywhere else in Ireland until recently. I, I was over in Mayo a couple of weeks ago and, and, and absolutely loved it. Definitely going to be back in Westport, Clue Bay and Crowpatrick and Galway. Yeah. It, was, it was fantastic. And uh, I can understand the appeal of heading home. Well, I, like I'm in the process of rediscovering it because the place has changed in that 10 years that I've been away and the West is really, if people haven't gone, that's that's one to check out. Mm-hmm. Just go down that uh, greenway in the West and what they've done for the country in terms of welcoming people in. Because previously it was a bit like, a, definitely 20 years ago, it was hard enough to find the right places to go, to know where to eat. But it's it, it, as a tourist destination right now, it's mm-hmm. never been a better time. So I'm, I'm definitely in the tourist gaggle right now. I'm going to be going around the country for the next month uh, hooking up with Sonia O'Sullivan and doing the most scenic runs that Ireland has to offer. Oh, lovely. Sounds lovely. We had a boss at one time who basically worked here Monday to Friday and then commuted. He went and spent his weekends in Ireland. And it always struck me that this was kind of the best of both worlds, really, and uh, mm. lived in a beautiful place. And it is a beautiful place. So it's understandable why you've gone back, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say I am a little bit anxious about the commute when you see the price of Ryanair flights. Mm. They, they aren't as cheap as they used to be. When I went to, uh, I feel to nip back for a gig at the Top Secret Comedy Club on August 16th. And uh, I was like, I, I remember these flights being a tenner. But I guess it's the price of uh, petrol yeah. and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. Got to so, watch your carbon footprint these days. That's, that's very true. <laughs> so, Liverpool, a decent start at, at the weekend. Oh, you must have been mm-hmm. chuffed with that. that but, I mean, look, OK, it's a friendly, let's be honest. I know Jose doesn't say that, but it is really. But still, it's better to win them than not. But, boys, don't you, don't you think, if there's one thing we've learned in the last three years, that the margin for error is so fine now in the Premiership that a bad start can end your season? Mm. So I know that it was only a friendly. I get all of that. But if you were on the other side of it, you'd be going, I'm very anxious. Whereas now we're starting on the front foot. And just to get those first wins under the belt just becomes like winning's a habit. He, he yeah. got them into that habit. Uh, I'd be very positive about it, but I just find the Premier League so stressful now <laughs> because if you get on a bad run, it can be curtains for you within a month. Within mm, a month. It's true. This year, there's five games before the first international break, as opposed to normally two or three. Yeah. And your season could be over. And that's five <laughs> games before the transfer window closes. You might be buying on the last day and it, it'll be too late. Yeah. I mean, that, that and just like you've got a lot of players who can go either way. I don't know if you, if you feel this, that for me, Salah he's kind of at that tipping point is he not where we'll either see him over the hill or at his peak it's one or the other now it's like he's probably got two great seasons potentially in him but then i do think we see this with strikers a lot 
that then once you're off the boil, it is like a light switch going off. There'll be moments, but it won't be that level of consistency all the time. Do you think I'm going out on a limb when I say well, that? I mean, no, it's, I mean, it's yeah. based on the you weekend. I hope he doesn't. Based on the weekend, I don't think he's, he, he looked, looked all right. He, yeah. he looked sharp at the weekend, yeah, I thought. Mm. Well, I've just, I've witnessed it a, a couple of times over the years where uh, I felt that way about Roy Keane when he was at United, that uh, there was a time when it just, it wasn't as consistent as it was. And mm. that's kind of where the hill, the brow of the hill is. Uh, but I think Jurgen's done such an amazing job of, of bolstering the squad, getting players like on the bench who are ready to blossom that I don't have a whole load of fear around it. But you know what it is? The other thing that I don't know if you've discussed this today so far is, is there a sense that there's too many fixtures already? Is there a sense going into this season that there, these that injuries will decide this season again? Who Who can stay fittest throughout the year? Ultimately, when the squads are essentially Formula One teams with everybody competing with the same level of elite level athletes, who can stay the fittest the longest, who can recover the quickest, that ultimately... Well, definitely a factor. Definitely a factor. No. no question. I mean, you know with Liverpool yourself, when you lost Van Dijk, all right, exactly. you finished third, but it basically wrecked the season. And so yeah. that's all you need. And it's the same with any of the big players, Kane or anybody like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Sure. There are certain key players, and if you lose them as a team, I think the kind of house of cards falls down. I mean, they've got the five subs now, and um, but, you know, that does play into the hands of the bigger teams, of course, doesn't it? You can have the deeper squads and have more quality in those squads. I'm also turning 42 this month myself, right. and I'm much more conscious of being a bit creaky going down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, God, yeah, not much. Well, I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it takes me about three days to recover from a run. Uh, do you, I mean, do you, um, you've been kept up the run, and you, so, as you mentioned before, the, yeah. the Sonia O'Sullivan podcast as well, where you knock lots of uh, you know incredible minutes off your times from, it was all like a couch to to 5k yeah. and beyond from your point of view isn't it yeah it was couch to 5k initially and then it was well let's see if we can get that 5k under 20 minutes which seems like a, you know a good watermark for people in their park run and she did it i mean there's no i give her the credit because i'd no business doing this but she somehow gets this uh, response from her athletes part of it is that in ireland sonia sullivan is considered you know, kind of royalty, athletic royalty. She's certainly the greatest track and field athlete we've ever produced. So the knowledge that she's checking on your Strava, did you do the training, <laughs> is enough to make anybody do it. But at the moment, we're training a 100 of our listeners to oh. go to the Antrim Coast Half Marathon because I wanted them to have the experience that I had. And you wouldn't believe the impact that that training has had on this group or this squad that she's created. So we're going to get there with our singlets and be there on the 28th of August for the Antrim Coast Half Marathon now. Really excited about that. Something I never would have thought I'd do. When I turned 40, couldn't run around the block, boys. She started coaching me on my birthday. And here we are looking to try and do this thing in under two hours. It's going to be uh, it's going to be great anyway. That's amazing. When you pick a personal trainer, you really pick a personal trainer, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> you don't mess about. It's just that's the way to do it. Invent a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, yeah. good to talk to you, Jonathan. And uh, so you're back boys. over 
uh, in the later this month. Is that right in London? Yeah, yeah. I'll be back over on August sixteenth. If people want to come down to that show at the Top Secret Comedy Club, and uh, myself and Carl Hutchinson, a couple of other acts on. It's actually on at six p.m. in the evening. So perfect after work gig. Yeah. Pop down. Uh, I want to give a shout out as well to all the acts heading up to the Edinburgh Festival. I'm delighted I'm not doing it. To be totally honest, <laughs> <laughs> having a bit of a holiday running around Ireland. But uh, thoughts and prayers with all those comedians <laughs> up there right now. Yeah. Edinburgh was good for you, though, wasn't it? When you were starting. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. But I mean, it's a young man's game. I do think that <laughs> you, you wouldn't be able to do it now. Good to talk to you, John. Thanks very much. Great chat, boys. Thanks so much. John Reagan there, the comedian, Liverpool fan here. Come and check him out in London, Top Secret Comedy Club, 16th of August. And all of his fine podcasts are available wherever you get your podcasts. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. For Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport, Mikel Arteta have been getting a bit of heat today. If you listen to Gabby Agbon mm. on breakfast, you'll know that he wasn't quite into the idea of pumping. You'll never walk alone to the training ground in the Liverpool game. He said, go on to lose 4-0. But even Mikel Arteta had said, to uh, one of his coaches, I've had one of my mad ideas. Sometimes people in management have mad ideas. You've been telling us your stories. Our uh, new cricket captain entered the dressing room uh, pre-match with a drawing of where each player would field for the entire 46 overs. He was going to skip her after two more games. <laughs> um, our Sunday team, oh, that, who was that one from? So I should give you the credit. That was from Wilco. Thank you, Wilco. Uh, Rob's been in touch. Our Sunday team manager insisted on the team wearing our unwashed socks in every round of the cup due to them being dead lucky after our first round victory. They smelled so bad by the semi-final our centre forward had his head down the loo while the rest of us kicked oh, off. God, a dark you. story that is. Thank you, Rob. And your dad getting involved again, Arsenal-based. Aaron Ramsdale admitting that um, that his dad doesn't like him playing it out from the back. And he said, well, you better take that with the manager. He said, well, don't worry, I will. Then he remembered, of course, he's got the manager's number, his mm. dad, from when the negotiation was done to take him to Arsenal. So he said he's had to put him off of putting the call in. Sometimes your folks do get involved. Uh, my granddad travelled all over watching me play schoolboy football. On one occasion, uh, I was brought down in the penalty area and ref gave a free kick. My granddad was furious, ran onto the pitch, told him it was in the area, says Mark in Burnley. <laughs> you get a bit of up in things like that. That's not a Lee Kamstad rang Radio Derby uh, phone in once, complaining about Lee not being picked for the first eleven. Every time he returned to Pride Park when playing for other teams, he got a round of Daddy's Boy. Mm. Says uh, Mel. Don't remember NASA's dad used to phone. He phoned the station, yeah. didn't he? Phone. Well, it's, it's not. It's, NASA, it's dad. Yeah, he used to phone us now. And my again, wife. I remember my, my son wanted to go to Chelsea School of Art, and he didn't get in. Mm. And so she went there, and she browbeat them into seeing him again. Wow. And actually meeting him, and he got in in the end. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's well, that's And it's kind of made good, his career, really. Good parenting. Well, you know, it's it, it's that type of parenting. Belief in your kids. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good thing, that can really. I'm not saying it did there. It could have backfired, but it, can, but it didn't. It can. She could have been arrested. But that can, <laughs> that can spill over, of course. Um, so, yeah, keep telling us your stories. Talksport.com, text 81089 or tweet to TSH&J. I'm waiting for it to come here and berate the management. <laughs> <laughs> that may not have the same no, effect. No, it wouldn't at all. Um, uh, anything else? Talking of money, Tiger turned down $655 million. Did you see that? To yeah. join Liv. I think, what a great blow. That's so fantastic. Because, I mean, even though he's got an absolute fortune, of course he hasn't yeah. spent what he's got. But still... No matter how much money you've got, six hundred and fifty-five million. And he'd be the perfect target because with respect to Tiger, that you know, I mean, that, that ship post injuries, mm. we've seen how much he's struggling. 
He's unlikely, well, who knows, how can you write this man off at your peril, but he's unlikely to get Jack's record, is he? He's unlikely to win no. another major. And so you think to yourself, he could have taken the money, um, but no, he, he, he didn't fancy it. He's better than that. They always say football's a game of opinions, and mm. uh, Holt and Dave... Who says that? Uh, everybody. Okay. Well, I, I disagree. <laughs> it's true. 03717. <laughs> this bloke, Holt and Dave, wrote to the star, he said, as a neutral fan who watched the Community Shield on Saturday, that scoreline really flattered Liverpool. City were by far the better team. I mean, who looked at that game and went, City were by far the... They certainly weren't by far the better team. They right. weren't. Liverpool deserved to win. They were looking much sharper and much more ready for the season. All the commentators were saying that. I don't know, when you're watching that, I don't know how you see it in that way, but obviously he did. Mm. So I don't know if you saw our old friend uh, Alan Fletcher, Dr. Carl from Neighbours, yeah. was saying, now he's finished Neighbours, he thinks he's amassed that much medical knowledge, he may actually go into medicine. <laughs> I, I think yeah. he was joking, of yeah, course. Yeah, he was, of course. Uh, but uh, that's what we thought, that your missus could do that. Yes. She, she watches all the medical dramas <laughs> and all the medical documentaries. Yeah, so she, that might, that's probably going to get her for her first year. Well, I would, would think. actually. I think it's a good every, idea, really. Got every charm. And uh, one, uh, this person, Poppy M, wrote to the star oh, about yeah. uh, the lionesses. She, I wonder how long it'll be before some of the lionesses block their copybooks by doing TV adverts and reality. I mean, Give why is that? That's not blotting their copybooks, is it? That's just yeah. capitalising on their brilliant effort. Honestly, the way people look at stuff, it's quite amazing. Andy, happy with your eyebrows? You happy with your eyebrows? They they're not particularly actually. No, they've gone a bit mad as you get older. That's they why they get big, long, grey, well, wispy. They hairs. start coming at mad angles. They, they do. do. Yeah, Where's right. that happened? Well, I, don't I do know. do a lot of plucking. <laughs> okay, for those listening in medium wave, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I just wonder if you've got seven grand spare, uh, you can get the Cara Delevingne eyebrows. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I think that would you'd yeah, look I good really with that. Like that. I think that would really work. Beautiful. It's called the caterpillar look. Isn't Beautifully it? shaped and, and <laughs> very dark. That would look very good. Uh, yeah, they basically having their hair follicles removed from the back of their head. That's Robin Peter to pay Paul from your point of view. It's not a great idea, is it? Definitely not. So that's not going to happen. But uh, anyway, just if you've got seven grand spare, have, uh, get a couple of the Cara Delevingne's. How many letters have you seen in articles about... Uh, this is a typical one from Dawn Neeson today. So football finally came home, and after 56 years of waiting for blokes to do something, women went and did what we always do. We did it ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a rest. Yes. Honestly, drives you potty, all that stuff. <laughs> okay, fair enough. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Uh, mad managerial decisions. Albert and Carl Shorten mm. says, uh, a few years back we were playing our Sunday League Cup final. Despite being battered for most of the game, we somehow found ourselves 3-0 up with five minutes to mm. go. At this point, our manager decided to make three substitutions, replacing three of our heroic back four with three admittedly loyal but ultimately useless squad players who couldn't run a bath or trap a bag of cement just so they'd qualify for a medal. Uh, the inevitable happened and I stood in goal as the opposition ripped past the three statues and scored four goals. Oh, no. I'm sure they voted for our manager as manager of the year at the end of the season. Still bitter, Albert. You can I hear don't it blame in the it. tone of the email, yeah. Yeah, you can't do that. You've got to, you, not until it's clinched. My mates under 11's um, rugby league team were the only team in their mm. league who came out to us walk-on song. Oh, at that level. Mm. So, like, kids running out or even Sunday players running out to a song. Does that happen? Is that is that a thing in, in Sunday League Saturday afternoon football? Much, wouldn't it, really? Is there a song that they would play over a PA or that the team ran out to? PA. You just do it on the phone. You'd want to <laughs> you'd, you'd beat them, wouldn't you, on that yeah, basis? Well, um, really. yeah, awkward on two levels, uh, Jay, uh, Jack quite rightly says. One, they lost every game that season. Two, the song was simply the best by Tina Turner. So this has led us down another road. <laughs> if you good. have played for a team or played against the team that have run out to a song in the professional mould because I didn't know that even you're happened. asking for it playing simply the best you certainly you? are do let us know uh, what was the song chosen and, and did it work and in what circumstances talksport.com text 81089 tweet TSH&J on top of mad managerial decisions and uh, also as we said your parents getting involved uh, so yeah get in touch this afternoon mm. we'll have some clips of the month for you later on as well to vote on but for now Andy what do you have I've got a letter from Chris Turow to the Sun he oh, says yeah. Jurgen Klopp Pep Guardiola and all the other men's team managers take note good clean football wins matches not petulance you think what Jurgen Klopp I think they know how to win matches yeah I think <laughs> they've proven are brilliant that. aren't they? they should yeah take note <laughs> well said mate the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast Clips of the month time for July. The way it works is this. We're going to play you six clips and then we're going to have um, two semi-finals. It's at TSH&J on Twitter, at TSH&J. And uh, you can go and vote for your favourites. Then we'll whip them down in around um, 20 minutes' time to a final two. You vote for the final two and we'll play you the winner just before we hand over to Andy Goldstein and Darren Bent at four with Drive. So, say, our production team have have picked their favourite six this month, and we mm. kick off with a caller to drive who'd witnessed an iconic sporting event. Andrew, did you Google that before you came on, or you remembered it all? Um, no, I was there. Oh, you, wow. Well, actually there at the World Cup in 82? Yes, I was actually at the final. How'd that happen? I booked tickets. Well, here we are. It's often, <laughs> it's often the best way to get there, isn't it? Really? Well, everybody <laughs> takes the corporate trough. <laughs> this is newsreader Cara Bentley, and sometimes people do get a bit caught up in their own industry. 
Bernie Eccleston has been asked if he stands by comments he made yesterday in which he said he would take a bulletin for Vladimir Putin. I can't see Bernie reading the news at TalkSport. I think he's got the voice for it, really. Here's uh, Alan Brazil discussing the new regime at Manchester United. Eric Ten Hag uh, has imposed a booze ban. I think we Imposed might need to impose your booze band, don't we? Really? I guarantee that's in the final. Yeah. Here's cricket commentator Neil Manthorpe at Ireland versus India. We never realised our old mate John Norman was so popular. And to take you through the first five overs, he'll be with Kath Dalton and John Norman. Big fan base. Yes. Big fan base yeah. over there. They love John Norman. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Sam Matterface introducing a top boxing guest. He wants to fight Alexander Rusik or Anthony Joshua or Tyson Fury. Let's ask him mm. who he would like to fight the most. Joe Joyce joins us live on Talk Sport Night. Hi, Joyce. Uh, Joe? Well, I'm not calling him Joyce. He's a big <laughs> unit, isn't he? I'm not calling Hi, Joyce. him. I'm not calling him <laughs> Joyce. And finally, Andy. Yes, and finally, we turn to Overnights and Stuart Armour giving a shout-out to a listener. Well, playing against Jake and George today, we have Jordan, the Spurs fan. He is an avocado driver. Nice. How do you go about that? <laughs> He might deliver they can't be avocado. Easy it's probably a cardo. I mean, you never know. He might deliver. Before they, avocados. it could be. Yeah, before they get ripe, they. I mean, you know, you could you could attach a set of wheels to one of those. No problem. So, what did you like best? What was your favourite clip of the month? Was it the call at a drive at the '82 World Cup final? Was it Cara Bentley taking a bullet in for Putin? Was it uh, Alan Brazil in pooging a booge ban? Uh, was it uh, a big cheer for John Norman? Was it uh, Sam Matterface calling a big boxer Joyce? Or was it an avocado driver on overnight? It's pretty straightforward. Go along to at TSHNJ, T-S-H-A-N-D-J. Very shortly, we'll have two semi-finals for you to vote for your favourite. And uh, then we'll have the final, as we said, and we'll bring you the winner of that. We'll keep you updated, but we'll bring you the winner of that just before four o'clock when uh, Andy and, uh, and Darren take over. Does sound good, doesn't mm. it? So, uh, anything else, Andy? Well, um, Leah Williamson, of course, who did so brilliantly for the Lionesses. Yeah. Uh, she was only nine when she joined Arsenal. Hmm. And uh, speaking about that was former Gunners ladies boss Vic Akers. Yeah, Vic Akers, yeah. Most of them Vic Akers. No, no, I used to, that's what we, I used to train me. I've been trained by Vic Akers. Vic Akers or Akers? Akers or Akers. Okay. Do stop it, Akers. I'd say Akers, but he's probably Akers. Anyway, Vic. Let's call him Vic. Let's just call him Vic for sure. Let's call him Vic. The great Akers, Akers debate. He's always been Vic Akers, hasn't he? He's been on with us loads of times. Yeah. In the past. Mm. Does he get paid in Akers? Anyway, let's, let's stop. <laughs> How much land has he got? Let's just not even bother. So what... Yeah. No, the thing was that uh, he used to run these sessions for... Uh, Who did? No, don't, don't start Vic. hanging. Oh, yeah. Vic. And uh, in, they were in Islington. Hmm. And he used to go along there. And uh, You used to, to go training with Vic? Yeah. He, used to, he, he was the trainer of this team. How long did you go for? Well, actually, I only did it a couple of... So this, uh, this session that I did with it was the last session because I threw up. <laughs> it was too much. Worked you too hard, well, did it? it was, really. Yeah. He probably worked you hard because you couldn't pronounce his surname. You're on the Cobden, he'd say. That, that was his catchphrase. Okay. What does a, that mean? It was a sort of like the uh, Asheville. Oh, okay. Little sort of cage bit. Right. So you're on the Cobden, you're in somewhere else, and you're there. I was always on the Cobden throwing up. <laughs> it's anyway. a bit like the ball pit at uh, Ikea. Well, once Andy got on the Cobden, you couldn't use it for the rest of the day until someone turned up with a hose. Yeah. He was a very good bloke, as he yeah. goes.
Absolutely. So there we go. He became the kit man, didn't he, for Arsenal? Yeah, he was a kit man for years, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. So that's good. Yes. Oh, by the way, um, oh, yeah. tell you about a special guest on breakfast uh, tomorrow morning with Alan Brazil, Gabby Agbonahor and Ray Parler. Uh, Alessia Russo is going to be on the show in the studio. Oh, great. I'm sure she'll bring the medal in. She's carrying it wherever she goes these days, quite rightly. So um, you'll hear uh, Alessia Russo on the show tomorrow. Manchester United and England with that uh, goal. With honestly, the they keep showing it. it's fantastic. Mm. It doesn't matter yeah. how many times they show it from how many different angles. It really is a brilliant two piece great of skill. goals. The touch for the, in the earlier game against Norway, the mm. touch in the turn was a great goal, and then obviously the, the was that against Norway. It was then the back heel, wasn't it? it was, it was the, the back heel. But I think it's all context. I mean, Norway was eight nil, wasn't it? And yeah, yeah, this was a, such an important goal. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lager fans of Lager fans, Lager fans. I don't know who they are. Carl Lager fans <laughs> <laughs> apparently have blasted a new uh, beer. Uh, aimed at lighter drinking Generation Z Brits. Mm. It's 4% as opposed to 5%. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of good lagers are 4%. I know, but everything these days is like this. But plumber Paul Rogers, 33, said, <laughs> this is just woke madness. Okay. I mean, how can you find culture wars in, in beer? Yeah. Surely, well, producing a beer ending. that's 4% versus 5% surely isn't a woke thing to do, is it? I don't get this. And uh, But there you go, that's the way it is. Uh, one, Andy. One bloke says he fears for the future of beer. <laughs> I think, well, <laughs> I, I, don't I worry about it. I wouldn't if I was you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and uh, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. We've been sport this week for England cricketers. We had a chat with Stuart Brawl yesterday, although predominantly about Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but we squeezed a bit of cricket in, and we're delighted to say now we're joined uh, by the England Test Captain, Ben Stokes. Good afternoon, Ben. Good afternoon. How are we? Yes, good, we're good. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, Good to talk to you again. Um, you've got some live shows coming up, haven't you? You're taking to the stage. Yes, um, we are. Um, you know, we... I mean, this whole thing sort of just stemmed, stemmed back to the lockdown period where uh, me and a couple of mates just sort of thought we'll give a try at something a bit different to what our normal day jobs are. Um Started up a business and, yeah, now we look where we are and things are going really well. And, you know, with these live events we've got coming up, um, it's a bit different to what we used to, even though it's in front of people, but it's a little bit outside of my comfort zone. Mm. But, um, no, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, we've got shows in Newcastle uh, with Sir Ian Botham. Uh, mm. Mark Wood is our guest and that's hosted by Josh Denzel. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, and... It's just a, a good thing to concentrate on when you've got a bit of time off away from cricket and sort of take your mind off off the day job, I suppose. It's with Stuart and with Joffre Archer as well, is it? You've set this up. Yes, it was. Um, you know, it's with uh, some good, you know, childhood friends of mine, uh, Mike Turns, Rory Bell and Fergus Bell, sort of. We took it to Stuart and Joffre and, and they absolutely loved the idea about a sort of athlete-led, you know, like media organisation where sort of we get to pick and choose as to who sort of we want to work with and the kind of stuff that we want to do, um, you know, as a, I wouldn't say a hobby, but just mm. as you know, like just to, to fill the gaps of time that we have in between touring or games and stuff like that. But um, no, it's been really good. You know, we've got some, some other big names in the, in the sporting world uh, on board, like sort of, you know, uh, Tyrone Mings, Jack Noll, Jason Roy, um, and people in the, in the sort of entertainment, you know, business like uh, Chris Hughes, uh, Josh Denzel so you know it's it started nicely and yeah we're, we're really enjoying our time doing that 
You say it's outside your comfort zone, but we're being the England test captain, you know. <laughs> that means it's going to become, it's, you know, you have to be front and centre, don't you? You're going to be interviewed a whole lot more. So it's something you'll probably, you'll get used to. I would say the, the, the interviews, everything like that, I'm absolutely fine with. Mm. It's, it's more the, the going on stage and sitting in a chair and talking in front <laughs> of a few hundred or a couple thousand people. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm used to playing in front of big crowds, but that's me in my comfort zone playing cricket, mm. whereas sitting on stage, talking, trying not to swear every fourth word like I normally <laughs> do. Uh, yeah, it's something new for me, but um, you know, I'm really looking forward to, to getting started with it all. You mentioned the lockdown. One thing you did do, which I loved, was the watch-along with NASA and Rob Key when you looked at the Headingley test. That was really fun then. Yeah, like, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we're going to be sort of, you know, talking about in these live events is, is almost reminiscing and looking back on, you know, I don't know, sort of major events in, in people's career or in people's lives. Um, and that's great where we've, you know, we've got multiple guests to come on and talk about that um, because these people, you know, are very interested in what they do. And I'm sure people want to hear about it. And, you know, looking back to that watch along, you know, it was great to look back on that, even though I was part of it and I was out in there. It was actually good to sit on my sofa and, and watch it back almost as a fan and talk the people through sort of what I was thinking or where I thought the game was, um, which is something that we're sort of looking to do in a live capacity with our events. Yeah, it's, it's good insight that. <clears throat> Let me just clear my throat a second. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's been an amazing turnaround in the test team, though. You must be delighted with that. And obviously it coincides with your captaincy. Um, yeah, look, it's been an amazing start. Um, you know, we've played some great cricket over these four test matches. Um, we've got a big three games coming up here against South Africa. And if anything, I feel they're more important. Um, than these first four games because you know those four games were so close together and they just sort of you just rolled into the next game with the same you know energy and confidence you know now we've obviously had quite a big break in between the India Test match and the South Africa games it's really important that we almost take a step back and go back to how we finished off that block of Test matches and continue that mindset the attitude and and everything that we brought and. Um, and honestly, one of my main things and one of my major points to the team was let's just go out there and have as much fun as we possibly can and as mm -hmm. 11 out on the field. Because um, you're playing for England, you're representing your country, you're playing in front of thousands of live audience plus the people on the TV. You know, if you can't enjoy this moment, whatever's going on, you know, just, just I don't know, just take a step back and just enjoy it for what it is. And then the results will look after itself because, you know, if we, if we play good cricket, we're going to win. If we don't play good cricket, we're going to lose. It's as simple as that. Let's just enjoy it. Stuart was telling us yesterday, Ben, that the, the, the positivity in the dressing room that you and, and, and Brendan McCullum have instilled, he said he's very noticeable. And the, the mindset of the players when they go out to play currently for the test side. And uh, he's been really taken by that. And I mean, it, it, and he was sort of saying to us, he still doesn't quite know. Did you kind of sit down one day, you and Brendan McCullum, and say, OK, let's have a blueprint? Or did it just come out of your conversations? Or did you both come to it saying, this is what we both want to do, so your, your ideas matched? Um, no, I wouldn't say me and Brendan um, are people who get out a pen and paper and write down everything that goes on. We just sort of speak from the heart and, you know, go with you know, sort of what, what your heart tells you. Um, but I guess me and Brendan, we want to really install a winning mentality into everybody who comes and represents England. And that's whatever situation we find ourselves in. How can we 
do something that's going to help us win a test match. Um, whether that be, you know, bowling a team out in 40 overs on day five, or whether that be chasing 350 and 60 overs, you know, it's all about winning. Because for me personally, at this moment in time, I would much rather lose a test match trying to win the game than go the other way, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, because if you're trying to always win the game, you're installing that positivity and that mentality for, for everyone to, to try and be winners every time they step out there and try and take the positive step towards the game. And if you lose trying to do that, that's absolutely fine um, because you're trying to, to be positive. And, you know, sport is, is, yes, it is about winning, but it's also about the style in which you want to be remembered of how you play. And I think what we've managed to do over these four games is almost just send the message to, to other teams who are, who are going to play us is that this is how they're going to play the cricket. They're going to have to think a hell of a lot more about their tactical decision-making over the five days. Because, um, you know, we've chased four mm. totals now of, you know, you know very high totals. Mm. One at Trent Bridge, very, you know, an unbelievable chase set up by Johnny Burstow. Um, so yeah, I think teams are sort of know what we're going to come up with, and it also it almost puts the, the the ball in their court to make a decision about what they're going to do, especially if we're going to be chasing a total in the fourth inning. Another one of Brendan's uh, philosophies is to give players a, a decent go before writing them off, and something us in the media mm. don't do, me particular, but it's true. But it's got to be good that because it, a player will will go with confidence, won't they? If they think if a player's thinking, if I don't make runs here, I'm out. If I don't get a wicket, I'm out. You know, so it's probably a good <laughs> philosophy that. Oh, honestly, like yes, like I'm I'm of the opinion that you give people time to perform, um, not put them under pressure to perform in a short amount of time to keep the place. Um, you know, when we when we got back to the start of the summer and we picked the squad before the first test match was played, you know, we picked those players because we all thought they were the best players in the given positions. And, you know, we've got a summer of, you know, for seven test matches in total. And seven test matches is, you know, an opportunity for people to go out and perform. You know, if you're if you're looking at you know, maybe looking in, in another direction after two or three games, you know, what kind of message does that send to the next person who comes in for an opportunity? Straight away, that's putting pressure on that person to feel like they've got to go out and score runs or someone else is going to get a look at. Um, but I'm all about giving players time to perform, time to adapt to the new way of playing because it is so different to what we've been used to. So you've got to allow them time to have the confidence and, and believe that they can go out and perform but also perform in the way that me and Brendan want the team to play. The, the, there's been a lot of talk as well, Ben, about the fact that at the moment it is going fantastically well and we are chasing down these mad totals. It, it's, it's fantastic to watch. It's very entertaining. But there will, you know, be days when it doesn't work and uh, we don't yeah. chase down the runs and we're out cheaply and we're quite gung-ho. I mean, I'm sure you and Brendan and the team are, are kind of prepared for that. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it's. I take you back to Lords when we bowled out New Zealand cheaply on uh, day one, and then we got bowled out cheaply in our second innings. And um, <laughs> Brendan's first comment after that was, "Well, we said we were going to be entertaining, didn't we? So we've certainly done that." <laughs> you know, so it's it's turning, it's trying to turn those negative plays of cricket into a positive, and he's got an amazing way of being able to do that. And then another example was Headingley when we were fifty-five for six. Um, you know, people were wondering what we're going to do, and we, me and Brendan, both said go out and put the pressure straight back onto them in this situation because it can't get any worse. Um, 
So, you know, and then Jamie and Johnny went out and played an unbelievable counter-attacking partnership. And we ended up getting a lead from 55 to 6. And that's purely because of the confidence that the lads get and are able to go out there with the bat in any situation. You know, it's all good and well going out and trying to whack it when you're 300 for 2. But, you know, can you do it 55 for 6? And um, we gave the... The, the lower order um, an opportunity to go out and do that and you've seen how quickly the game turned around you know? it's all about putting pressure back onto the team as much as you possibly can but mm. also understanding when you maybe need to soak up that pressure but you're still doing it in a positive way and also you've had I think you've had great support from Joe Root it, it can't have been easy losing the captaincy or giving up the captaincy whichever way you want to put it you know and still performing on the field but also noticeably right behind you oh you know what when I got when I took the job uh, he was the first person I called to say that I'm um, I'm taking the captaincy on, um, and I also had a quick chat with him about um, you know the way that I want to lead the team forward. Um, obviously, overtaking from him, and I guess it shows the respect and the relationship that me and Joe have outside of cricket. You know, we're more than just colleagues. Um, you know, I explained to him that all of my philosophies that are sort of, you know, the complete opposite of the spectrum to what you had is not a um, sign that I didn't believe in what you wanted to do. Um, because whatever he did, I, I, you know, I'd run through a brick wall for Joe. But to have a guy captain the England side for such a long period of time to buy into this new way of cricket is unbelievable. And it's a testament to himself as a as a person, let alone a player. We all know how good of a player Joe Root is. Um and to be honest, I didn't think a player of Joe could it could raise the ceiling or the standard of his bat any higher than he already has. But like he's gone to another level in Test match cricket now. It's unbelievable seeing the way that he's played, and he's got to take a lot of credit for for going out and being brave enough to play in that way. Considering he is he is and has been the rock of the English batting side for five six years now, because we know if Rooty does well, the team generally does well. Um, but he's been brave enough to go out and play in the way that he's done. So, yeah, it's unbelievable. Mm. The uh, You'll be aware of the fact that the, the way you guys are playing at the moment is being called Bazball. I mean, <laughs> what, what do you make of that? What does the team, what does Baz make of it himself? Does he like, is he quite chuffed? No, he honestly, he does not like it. I, I, I don't know where it's came from. I don't know who came up with that analogy, to be honest. But, um, no, it's Bazball. Sounds like a knockoff version of baseball, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> I think that's the idea. Right? Um, yeah. But it's no, I think it's it's just it's just refre- like it was, it was refreshing having someone like Brendan come in. Um, you know, he's he's not too long off finishing playing cricket himself, and he's just such a relatable guy. He's so relaxed, laid back. He's always trying to to push people in the right direction, and people just follow him. People listen to him, which sometimes is a very hard thing to do as a coach, is to get you know not just the 11 guys out there who are playing, but also the whole squad to really buy into what you're doing. And he's managed to do it. Um, but Bazball, I'm not sure we would try and sign off on any copyright for that name. <laughs> <laughs> um, Johnny Bairstow's decided to, to not play the 100. He wants a bit of a break physically and mentally, I think, before South Africa. Um, it was something you were going to do before you stepped away from white ball cricket. I mean, the boys are going to make decisions based on their own feelings, their own fitness, the way they, they're they feeling at the moment. What, what did you make of that? Uh, yeah, well, I've only stepped away from the 50 over format, bearing in mind, still playing yeah. T20. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. But look, I think, you think of all the talk over the last couple of years about test cricket dying, spot losing out to white ball cricket and franchise tournaments, you know, 
there's people prioritizing test cricket now. You know, Johnny has chosen to take the hundred period as the time to have a break and a rest and just sort of, I know, you know, get his energy back. And that's all because he knows that there's a test cricket series around the corner. So the people who are saying that test cricket's dying out, I don't think that's right because you're looking at players now who are prioritizing, um, you know, their their schedule around test matches. Um, Ollie Robinson is another. Um, he stepped away from the hundred as well to concentrate on his workloads, get his fitness up, and and bowl longer spells because obviously you can't, you're not able to do that in the hundred. So you're seeing guys now come in and really look at the schedule and go, what do I need to do to make sure that I'm fit and firing to go for the test matches when they come around? So I couldn't be happier as test captain and I also couldn't be happier as a, as a huge test, um, also almost ambassador because it's it's the best format of the game. Mm-hmm. It's the pinnacle of cricket. You know, test cricket will never die and I hope it doesn't. No, I think so, so all of us, definitely. Mm-hmm. Now, when we spoke to Stuart yesterday, finally, um, I mean, I don't know if you're going to be doing a Q&A as part of your uh, evenings around the country, but we we did try and pinpoint areas that, that the questioners might want to avoid for you, Ben. This is what Stuart had to say. He tries to claim he's like a, a Tottenham Hotspur fan, but when the big derby was on last year against Arsenal, we were like, oh, what's the score, Stokes? He's like, oh, what's going on? So I think there's a few question marks over that, so don't question him too much on his football. Is that a fair point, Ben? Uh, I mean, look, you know, my two favourite Tottenham players are uh, Gareth Bale and Kieran Trippier. Uh, so, <laughs> joke, by the way. I know they're no longer. Look, I'm... Uh, I'm not massively into my football in terms of supporting a team. Mm. I love the sport. I love watching it. But if I had to choose a team to support, it would be Tottenham. And I've actually got a valid reason. Because when we moved over from New Zealand to England, the first Premier League football shirt I ever got bought for myself was the Tottenham Hotspur kit from Carlisle Market. Um, (laughs) It was, I don't know if you remember back in the day, it was a sort of blue and yellow one. And I think it might have had like the Thomas Cook sponsorship yeah 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 i'm a tottenham fan i remember that one yeah probably got one at home somewhere yeah Yeah. uh and that was the first ever kit the football top i ever owned um and they also sent me and my kids some um some some tops with our names and my number on the back so yeah there's a little soft spot there for tottenham um and unfortunately we don't have that many good teams in the northeast to support so how many Tottenham shirts they sell in Carlisle Market? I wouldn't have thought there'd been a. Was it the only one there? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I reckon it must have, it must have been uh, the shirt that fell off the back of a lorry. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Anyway, um, the live shows: Bridgewater uh, Hall in Manchester, Saturday the seventeenth of September. Well, tickets are on sale. People can go and check that out. Uh, and also, there's a charity angle to this. You're going to be supporting the Walk and Talk Trust, aren't you? Tell us a little bit more about that. Finally, Ben. Yeah, I think it's um, it's always important for you know, and 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 to be honest, in the in the business, we're we're very understanding of you know the good that charities do um, for for the public and people who need the help. And um, being in a fortunate situation that we find ourselves in, um, I find it very comforting, but almost a responsibility to help people out. And um, you know, supporting charities is something that we will try and look to do with all of our stuff. Um, because you know, there's always someone who needs help in life, and if you can, don't know, sort of give your time and you know help change. If it's just one person's, I don't know, life or something like that, then I feel as if you're doing a good thing for the world. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, good to talk to you. Um, best of luck mm-hmm. again, South Africa. Continued success. Keep excited us. We're enjoying it at the moment, certainly. So, uh, and good luck with the live shows. All the best, Ben. 
Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Ben Stokes there, the uh, England skipper. If you go along to um, Forecast MG, that's number forecast, uh, mg.co.uk. All the details are there in the live shows and uh, and the work they're doing. A bit of background into the company as well. It's uh, Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We're going to bring you the winner of the Clips of the Month. Oh, uh, thank you to everybody who voted. A great many of you did. And uh, we have a winner. I think it's a pretty clear winner. Um, ultimately, it came down to Alan Brazil in Pooging a Booge Ban. Sam Matt the face calling Joe <laughs> Joyce Joyce, and uh, well, it, it's it's the big man. He's back. This was oh, him. Of course, he is. this was him talking <laughs> Manchester United on breakfast. Eric Ten Hag has imposed the booze ban. Eric Ten Hag had imposed a booge ban. You can't get better than that. Much as uh, breakfast will be imposing a booge ban, I think. When Ray Parler is alongside Alan Brazil tomorrow uh, with Gabby Agbon Lahore. And Alessia Russo's coming in. Yeah, great. One of the stars of the uh, women's Euro team. Manchester United and England will be uh, with the guys tomorrow morning live in the studio. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Uh, we'll do it all again tomorrow. Charlie Baker alongside me. Although you'll be back for the birthday spread, Andy, yeah. won't you? I call him Charlie Backer. Charlie, yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> Charlie Backer. So do hope you can join us. If not, the um, podcast will be available as always around four o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.